Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. are uh, continuing our series in the book of Psalms, our, our summer in the Psalms. If you have a Bible this morning, you can turn with me to Psalm chapter 33. It'll be on the screen as well. Psalm chapter 33. And I just thought that this particular psalm was befitting for Independence Day. So we're going to read through to verse 12 this morning. Psalm chapter 33. Sing for joy in the Lord, all you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praises to him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, I thank you today for who you are. And I thank you for your word, that it stands firm and secure, that it goes forth to accomplish your will. It does not return to us void. Father, we thank you for this nation of ours and for how you have blessed it. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you would stir our hearts with an urgency for our country. Would you stir our hearts with an urgency to pray like never before? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, Psalm chapter 33 is essentially a call to worship. It's a call for the people of God to worship. It was written or addressed to those who are righteous those who are upright. And it's almost a continuation of Psalm chapter 32 because Psalm chapter 32 ends by calling on the righteous to sing praises to God. And so it's here in this chapter that the psalmist encourages us to give thanks to the Lord, to sing to the Lord a new song. What kind of song? A new song. That word new in the Hebrew actually means fresh. Something that is fresh. Are you giving the Lord thanks daily? Giving him a new song of praise every morning because he's filled your lungs with air to breathe. Because he woke you up. Because he brought you through one more night. Because he brought you through one more day. Are you singing a new song to him for what he's done for you? 
we jump down to verse 4. Scripture says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in faithfulness. I want to camp out on this verse for just a minute. We give thanks to the Lord. Why? Well, it says his word, something that he has spoken, is right. It is agreeable. It is straightforward. It is proper. And then we look down in verse 6, and it says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their lights. His word is right, and all his work is done in faithfulness. We sang it this morning, all my life you have been faithful. His word is right and all his work is done in faithfulness. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 tells us that he who promised is faithful. If we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 24, it says faithful is he who calls you and he also will bring it to pass. If you read verse 6 in the King James Version, it says all his works are done in truth. All his works are done in truth. And if we jump over to Revelation chapter 19, John the Revelator says, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True. He, in justice and righteousness, he judges and wages war. You know, there are many reasons why we can give thanks to the Lord, aren't there? Many reasons. But first and foremost, we thank God for who he is. We thank him for his word. We thank him for what he's done for us. We thank him that he's been there every step of the way. We thank him because he is faithful and he is true. Psalm 136 says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. Because he's faithful. Because he is true. Charles Spurgeon said to rejoice in temporal comforts is dangerous to rejoice in self is foolish to rejoice in sin is fatal but to rejoice in god is heavenly to rejoice in god is heavenly give thanks to the lord for all that he has done we are called to worship to worship him in the splendor of his holiness because he's faithful and because he is true verse 5 says he loves righteousness and justice if you look at psalm chapter 37 verse 28 it says for the lord loves justice and will not forsake his saints how many of you are thankful for that this morning he will never leave you or forsake you he will not forsake his saints psalm 45 verse 7 you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness psalm 99 verse 4 the mighty king loves justice he loves righteousness and justice the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Not only is the earth full of his righteousness, not only is it full of his glory, it is full of his goodness. And you and I, we can go back to the very beginning. We can go back to the book of Genesis after everything that God created and he said it is what? It is good. It is good. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. How many of you remember the story of Chicken Little? Right? Chicken Little walks around. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. And everyone gets in just this panic. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. And it would be easy for you and I to walk around like Chicken Little in, in the world that we're living in today, wouldn't it? 
saying the end is near, it's doom, and, and just everything with all the evil that we see in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, all you have to do is read the headlines. All you have to do is turn on the news to see what's going on in the world today, and you just shake your head. You know, you could be like Chicken Little and cry out, the sky is falling, the end is near. But we could do that, or we could walk around rejoicing in the faithfulness and in the righteousness of God and proclaiming the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. We can walk around and we can cry doom and gloom, or we can walk around and we can cry out about the goodness and faithfulness of God because the world needs to hear hope. The world needs to hear truth. I will sing of the goodness of God because all my life he's been faithful. All my life he's been good. Verses 8 and 9 says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Why? For he spoke and it was done. He spoke and it was done. Let there be, and there was. Let all the earth fear the Lord. The New Living Translation says, Let the whole world fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of him. Could you imagine a world? Could you imagine a society where everyone stood in awe of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, where everyone lived in fear and reverence of the God that we serve? It's hard for us to imagine that, isn't it? We live in a world where respect and where honor are virtually non-existent, right? They, they are non-existent in our culture today. Lawlessness has in fact increased and the love of many has grown cold, as scripture tells us will happen in the last days. And so scripture says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him, for he spoke and it was done. You know, to fear somebody, to revere them, to stand in awe of them, you have to acknowledge who they are. You have to acknowledge who they are. And so instead of us walking around crying doom and gloom, we should walk around shouting, let all the earth fear the Lord and stand in awe of him. Because yes, the end is coming. Jesus is returning soon. But let me tell you something. Scripture also says that it's this gospel that will first be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. We sang about it this morning. Yes, Lord, come back soon. But Lord, send us to the nations so that they can hear. Give us one more day. Give us one more month. Give us one more year so that all the world can stand in fear and reverence and proclaim the glory yes. of the Lord. We're called to worship. We're not called to complain. Yes. We are called to worship. We are not called to complain. Yes. I'm going to go on a, a rabbit trail for just a moment here because there's so much that's packed into the last portion of this verse. Let all the earth fear him. Why? Because he spoke. He spoke and it was done. You know, as children... We used to sing this song, God said it, I what? I believe it. And you look at the faith of a child and they believe you when, when you say something, don't they? They believe you. You have that childlike faith. God said it, I believe it. But I think that somewhere along the way, you and I forgot that because God said it, it was done. That because God said it, it was established. It was first. 
morning. That whatever it is that God has spoken to your heart, however long ago he may have spoken it to you, it is done. It is finished. It is sealed. For he spoke. And it was done. It was done. Darren and I were doing some Bible trivia yesterday. And he said, Mama, we just we kind of went from Genesis to Revelation. I was just asking him all kinds of questions and seeing how many answers he could give me. And he did pretty good. I was pretty surprised. But then he said, Mama, he said, in, in the beginning, God created everything. And he said, it is good. And then when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And I thought, wow. God spoke and it was done. It is good. It is finished. He is faithful and true. And whatever he spoke to you, you can take it to the bank because he will fulfill his word and will not return to him void. The grass withers and the flower fades, but it's the word of our Lord that endures forever. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood firm. That means that whatever God has spoken, it will continue. It is appointed, it is ordained, it is established, it has been presented, it is set up, it is fixed, it is firm, and it will sustain you. In verse 10, Scripture tells us that the Lord nullifies the plans of nations. He frustrates the plans of peoples. The plan of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Notice it doesn't say the plan of nations will endure. It doesn't say the plan of America will endure. It doesn't say that the plan proposed by the United Nations will endure. It says the plans of the Lord stand forever. Amen. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. In the King James Version, it says he brings the counsel of heathens to naught. Basically, he crushes, he obliterates their plans the plan of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. If we look in the book of Proverbs chapter 19, scripture tells us that many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the advice of the Lord. I just lost my, my train of thought. Forgive me. It's the advice of the Lord that will stand. Many are the plans of the Lord. Many are the ways of a man's heart, but it's the plans of the Lord that will stand in Psalm chapter 16, verse 9, Scripture says, A man's heart plans his way, but who determines his steps? The Lord. The Lord. A man charts out his course, but it's the Lord who determines his steps. And so we end up at verse 12 of Psalm chapter 33. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he has chosen for his own inheritance. You know, we see many blessings in Scripture, but we also see many curses, don't we? And so in the Old Testament, we know that the Jews went to Mount Gerizim and to Mount Ebal, and so it was upon Mount Gerizim that they were to pronounce a blessing, and upon Mount Ebal that they were supposed to pronounce curses. And when you look at, at the geography of these two plains, Mount Gerizim was lush, and fertile, the place where they pronounced blessing. But the place where they pronounced curses was barren. It was rocky, symbol of our lives when we choose to walk away from the Lord, isn't it? 
And so it's here that Joshua builds an altar and he reminds the people of the laws of God. He informs them that, hey, listen, if you're going to choose to follow the Lord, these are the blessings that are going to follow and be fruitful in your life. But if you choose to turn away from him, these are the curses that are going to follow you. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, not whose God is money, not whose God is the president, not whose God is any materialistic thing that we have in this country. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, him and him alone. Why is the nation blessed? Because their God is the Lord. It's very simple. Their God is the Lord. John Adams, second president of the United States and a signer of the Declaration of Independence, he said this, he said, suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. Every member would be obliged in conscience to temperance, frugality, and industry, to justice, kindness, and charity toward his fellow men, and to piety, love, and reverence toward Almighty God. And he goes on to say, what a utopia, what a paradise this region would be. If what? If the Bible were our only law book. What a utopia. What a paradise. Patrick Henry said it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, people of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. Not founded on religion, founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't you ever let anybody tell you that America wasn't founded on Christian values and laws. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We're so quick to sing God bless America. God bless the USA. And friends, I ask you this morning when we look at our country, why would he? Why would he? Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Do we want God to bless our nation? Absolutely. But maybe before we cry out for God's blessing, we need to do what Scripture tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. That we need to come and humble ourselves before Him. We need to seek His face. We need to ask His forgiveness so that He will hear from heaven. Forgive our sin and then heal our land. Our country was birthed in freedom and it was bought with blood. And the same is true for you and I. Galatians chapter 5 tells us that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. No longer bound by sin, we've been set free by the blood of Jesus. And our independence comes from our dependence upon Almighty God. True independence comes from dependence upon Almighty God. Blessed is the nation who depends 
Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And so this morning, I thought we would end our service a little differently today. We are starting tomorrow, going through next Sunday, praying for our church during our lunchtime, taking 15 minutes, whatever your lunchtime is, just to lift up the church in prayer. And so I thought this morning, before we go out, before we have our, our cookouts and our barbecues, before we have our July 4th celebrations and our parties and our fireworks, I thought we would take a moment and come to the altar. You can stand, you can kneel, you can sit, you can join hands, whatever you're comfortable doing. But I'd like us to end our service this morning praying for our country, asking God to forgive us of our sins asking him to heal our land, asking him for wisdom in our leadership, that his will would be accomplished. His plans are sure. They will stand. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you would stand, if you would come to the altar. We're going to join our hearts together and pray for our country. If you're not comfortable standing close, you can you can spread yourselves out. There's plenty of room to socially distance. But we want to pray. We want to humble our hearts before the Lord this morning. Would you come this morning? Would you come as we pray? Would you bring divine wisdom? Would you bring divine?
to every judicial system in this country. Our faithful, and you will bring it to pass. Yes. And so, Lord, it 
morning. to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFMD.com.